Hello, we are the Salon Sleuths. My name is Melissa. And my name is Leslie. And we are two women from the Pacific Northwest. We are both curious about the paranormal, spirit guides, ghosts, past lives, and we are suspicious about true crime, disappearances, strange phenomenons. We are open to learning about the supernatural and all things we don't understand. Together, we are opinionated with a splash of smartass. Find Salon Sleuths <laughs> on all major podcast platforms. Well, hello, Salon Sleuth fans. Leslie, how are you today? Melissa, I'm doing really well. So yeah. last week I wasn't here, as the listeners know, if they listen to the Suzanne Jocka show, um, because, you know, got my new RV and Eric and I decided to take a trip to the Yosemite because I'd never been there. Which is one of my favorite places in the whole world. Yes, which last appointment I had with Leslie, she was telling me that she and her husband like wanted to get married there. You've went several times, like you love Yosemite. And so we I was like- go Every summer and up until when Tristan um, was born, we took him as an infant and then we kind of stopped going. So did him. you camp in the park? Well, we stayed in the cabins, which was okay. Curry Village, which I think is- Yes, um, it's still called- now curry village is it because when we went there a few years ago they had changed it like they changed all the names to all the things um like the majestic used to be the awani what is it now it's still the it's still referred to as both that's okay. the weird part yeah so in curry village they have all those little cabins we stayed there the last time we went um i actually stayed in the tent cabins and i just took the kids i didn't michael didn't come okay i stayed in those but when the summer before that i went with michael we stayed in and um, housekeeping. Yes. Which is three walls, cement bricks with a shower curtain, basically. <laughs> and, um, and those were great. I was kind of scared about the animals and stuff. And the only thing that had happened is Lucy had like a little chocolate in one of her pockets and the squirrels found it, like yeah. dug a hole through her jacket and was able to get it. And wow. Uh, it was kind well, of so gosh, it was gorgeous, but we took a long weekend and it was our first big trip in the RV. And, um, so at our last appointment, I'm telling her that she's telling me all this. And then she's telling me about these murders that happened at Yosemite. Yes. And so I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay. So that would be really timely to tell that story along with um, our trip. We had a fabulous time. She's referring to the traffic, which I posted on my Facebook page, but um, we stayed outside of Yosemite at a, um, well, it's called Camp Diem. It's a app that you can go on and people rent out their land for you to camp on. So we actually camped outside the park, which. <laughs> Sorry. I normally have that on silent, but because you and I, I was waiting for your text. I uh, took it off, off of uh, silent. So anyways, um, we camped at somebody's property probably an hour outside of, it was, uh, gosh, what was the name of that little city? Don't even remember. Mariposa? No. Um, okay. That's the only one I know about right outside, which is a right outside. Nothing's right outside. Cloverdale, Clover. So anyways, I don't remember. It's a good movie, I think. Clover. Yeah. <laughs> anyways, great little place. We had it all to ourselves. It was awesome. Loved it. But next time I would stay in the park, here's what happened to us every day we would go to the park and it was great because we had planned some hikes that weren't like the major hikes that everybody takes. 
I really wanted to do mist trail, which I didn't get to do because there was too many people. And the park ranger said, we we're going to do it like at two or two 30. And she's like, no, you're that's too late. It's going to get dark in the park. Well, I, it takes three hours. I think we would have been fine, but whatever. We didn't take it that day. And then the next day is when we got stuck. And this is spring break. This was California's spring break, which we didn't know. We when arrived I, on a spring break. There was like nobody there, but it was rainy and okay. Anyway. It was gorgeous, 70s, so hot. We brought all these warm clothes because the weather had said it was going to be freezing. We brought all these lined clothes and I wore the same pair of pants every day. And I had um, one tank top that I wore and I washed the tank top, wore it again and bought a shirt at the market um, because it was so warm. I didn't was not prepared for that warm of clothes. So, but it was fine. Um, had a great time. It was beautiful. The views are amazing, but long story short, we didn't stay there in the park and it took us, well, it didn't take us three and a half hours. We ended up pulling over and dumping at the RV station before we went back to our campsite and traffic was literally moving one car every 15 minutes to get out. Cause we were at the back of the park. Cause it's kind of a crazy eight. It's horrible traffic planning. It's like a crazy eight, one way to get in one way to get out. Yeah. And, um, we ended up waiting three and a half hours pulled over in the dump station to have traffic finally moving. And even at that, it still took us a half hour to get out of the park. Cause there was still lots of traffic, but we, it was beautiful with the RV because we took walks, we made dinner. They, the park ranger tried to kick us out. And I said, you know what? We're not going anywhere. <laughs> and all these other people had was pulling up while we were there. Um, and she had no, she had no recourse. It was crazy traffic and whatever, but she tried to say that it was like that every day in the summer and maybe it is, but they need to figure that out because if there was like, it's terrible. If there was a mass casualty there, yeah, it would well, be horrible. Like when people fall off the mountain and they just, um, they, the helicopter comes into that big field, like yeah. right underneath El Capitan. Did yes. you get to see that? Yes. That side this year. Did you look at night when you could see all the lights up? Yes. Yeah. That was the night. The night we got stuck. And I was just didn't trying to find a picture of Michael and I when we climbed Half Dome. I'll have to find did it. you climb it on like belay ropes and stuff? Well, there's, um, did you go up that uh, that far at all? We did not because it was well, so because you have, It's a lottery to actually get up there. I think you yes. get to the base of it and then you have to have the lottery to get up. Yeah. But there's... Um, they have like, I don't know if they're like two by fours, like every six feet and then ropes on each side. And oh. at the bottom of it is like a pile of like gardening gloves so that you, the ropes are metal and, and yes. the wind rips around there. So like you, you kind of want to hold on Yeah. and the rock's slippery. So then um, you hold on and then you try to get to the next two by four. Oh it's uh, it was scary, but it wasn't terrible. It wasn't super okay. terrible, but I mean, there were little kids up there too, but oh. um, I have a picture of us and I'm wearing the gardening gloves that I found at the bottom and it's just us up there. And How long does it take to climb that? Um, well, when I left with Michael's mom, um, we left because we're slower than the boys. Okay. So we left in the dark and okay. we came back in the dark and you have to wear like bells on your shoes and the only um, wild animals that we saw, we saw a baby deer and I don't know what those are called. Is there a name for those? Fawn? Maybe, and it, but it, it sounded like a kitten. It was like kind of meowing mm -hmm. and it was like kind of jumping and we just figured mom's around here somewhere. Yeah. And then, um, but I was worried about like more like cougars and bears, but, and yeah. as you're going, you remember like all the different crevices and stuff. You're like, yeah, hey, a bear could be living in there. Like, and I'm constantly looking around because you're just like 
in the middle. Yeah. And as you're like going up to Half Dome, there's a huge field and I don't even remember what they call it, where people camp and then yeah. they have to pull their food up. So the, so the bears don't bears get don't it. Get and, it. Um, so I'm like, I know they're around here somewhere. They're probably, they probably saw us way before we ever saw, Oh yeah. you know, they've been maybe watching us even, but I never really saw anything, but I was scared coming back in the dark with, because I know the bears come down or they used to come down at night to the, you know, to the camps to like get through the garbage and the field. So it was, it was a whole full day. Oh yeah. Oh, and wow. I barely walked the next day. <laughs> and the thing was like Michael's mom at the time, like I was really young. So I yeah. was, I had a lot more energy and I was in better shape. And so I I would go up and then I'd wait for her. So I'd get sweaty and then I'd and then I'd freeze because I was waiting for her. Oh, and, then I, yeah. and then, so it was like that the whole time. And then the boys finally caught up. And then um, I think we might've left even before them. I can't remember, but, um, but it was like, I mean, I like my, like the, the best thing Michael did is make me get on a bike the next day to oh, yeah. like, get, get the lactic acid. Away. And then after that, it was fine. But like, you couldn't even touch me. Like, don't touch uh. me. I can't, <laughs> it hurts so bad. And you know, you have to carry your water. Like, yeah. 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 yeah, it is gorgeous. It is beautiful. It's a pretty place. So, you know, the murders that you told me about. Yeah. We should talk about that another time when we have lots of time. The murders? Yeah. Okay. Well, do you want me to tell you now? And okay. we can even break this into two parts. Yeah, sure. Okay. Okay. So the murders at Yosemite, which kind of freaked me out. And I'm kind of glad that I didn't listen to this before because, um, the areas around Yosemite are pretty um, poor, right? They're not, they're not wealthy communities. They're pretty just remote. These are they're just, like, yeah, little yeah. towns. And so this happened in 1999, um, just outside of Yosemite at the Cedar Lodge Motel in El Portal, California, which is on Highway 40. And it's pretty much like, all those little towns around there, you, you don't really know when you're coming in and out of one. There's like two basically that you kind of know you're going in and out of. But um, so two women and two teenagers were killed. The first group was 42-year-old Carol Sund and her 15-year-old daughter, Julie Sund, and Julie's friend, an Argentine exchange student named Silvina Pelosa. And they had decided to go on a college trip. And along the way, visiting colleges, they were going to go to Yosemite. Um, so that's the first three that died. The um, fourth one was a Yosemite Institute employee named uh, Joey Ruth Armstrong. She was 26 years old. And when the first killings happened, Carol, Julie, and Sylvia... Sylvania were, they were staying at the Cedar uh, Lodge while on their trip. And a, here enters boom, 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 the bad guy. Um, maintenance worker, Carrie Stainer in February of 1999, the day after Valentine's day, he decides that he's going to kill his girlfriend and two daughters. But when he got there to their house, they lived above a bar. She was a waitress at the bar. They lived above it. When he got there, he got spooked because he saw another man on the grounds where they lived. And so he left there. 
And he went back to the Cedar Lodge where he worked as a maintenance guy. And he turned his attention to this red car. There was only one red car in the parking lot or one car, I'm sorry, in the parking lot. And um, he noticed that he, the curtains were open in their room and he could see in, and there was just one mom and two young girls and he had made his mark. So he decides that he's going in because they don't have a man. So he knocks on the door and, you know, announces that he's maintenance and told Carol that there was a leak in the room upstairs from them. And we don't really know exactly what happened, although he was very forthcoming about, um, you know, uh, confessing, but he proceeded to strangle the mother and then he sexually assaulted the two girls and then he kills them. Yes. Later, Carol and exchange student Pelosa, uh,'s body were found in the burned out rental car, the red car that they'd brought after um, they were reported missing. And Julie, the daughter, wasn't found until a month later when Carrie Stainer anonymously sent a map to tell authorities where they could find her body with a note that said, we had fun with this one. And in investigating this, the authorities spoke with all the Cedar Lodge employees, including Carrie Stainer. And he, in fact, let them into all the rooms to examine the rooms with the FBI. And the whole time they were unaware that he was their killer. In fact, when he interviewed them, he didn't set off any alarm bells at all. He even divulged his personal story and childhood, which I will tell you about because that comes to play, I think, pretty significantly in his life and um, is also horrific. So he tells them that whole story. But um, they eventually arrested two other brothers and accused them of the crimes, but they didn't commit them. In the summer of that same year, so this happened in February, in the summer of that same year, Joey Armstrong, the 26-year-old woman running the educational programs for Yosemite children, was reported missing and found decapitated in the park. Can you imagine? Oh my gosh. And it turns out um, after Carrie uh, confessed that she had been packing her car for a trip when he saw her and he claims to have just been throwing rocks into the river in the park and he held her up by gunpoint duct taped her and forced her into his car and he says that as he was driving she fell through the window and started running carrie caught up to her and slit her throat and by this time carrie had left too much evidence at this scene he knew he was in trouble he'd left his um red mechanics hat He'd left sunglasses and tire tracks. And there was also a witness that had seen his car on the road where Armstrong lived. So eventually authorities went out looking for Carrie and found him at a nudist colony two hours north of Yosemite. Did you know that? Did you know there was I did not know that part. <laughs> he actually, when he was found by authorities, he quickly confessed to all of the murders, including the other three. And they really didn't know that he had done it. They weren't even looking at him for that. Um, but he also then confessed to having wanted to kill his girlfriend and her two kids. And that was his eventual, it was his initial plan. Um, they also learned at this time that he always carried a murder kit 
which was his backpack. It had a gun, duct tape, and knife inside of it. And the girls of the girlfriend of his, at this time says, oh yeah, he was always carrying that backpack. And they, of course, had no idea. They actually really liked him. He was very kind to them, very sweet, you know, gave them beanie babies all the time, which, you know, he was kind of prepping them. Um, but he was eventually convicted in both state and federal courts. He was sentenced to death in 2002, but still remains on death row today. So I told you horrific, yeah. horrific, like to think a maintenance guy is going to come and kill you is just well, in a park when you're like, it is so out there, right? Yes. And, it, and it's so dense woods. You could kind of like hide anybody anytime. And, oh yeah. And she just went there with the two girls for a vacation. I took yeah. my four kids like, yes. And we stayed yeah. in the park. We didn't stay. We stayed in the thick of the park though. We didn't stay like on some little inn. Yes. Like, like I, I thought, I thought he was coming in to do something in the bathroom, but it, you said it was the leak. He said there was a leak above, which yeah. there wasn't, but that was what he used to come in. And, you know, I guess I've been in hotels before where maintenance, usually I call maintenance. I don't think I've let maintenance in, but you know, that, you know, they've got a shirt on, they've got a hat on, like they look well, he like, could have had all of that. And he probably looked legit, yeah. like he was legit. Like he was legit. The, the, uh, maintenance man, but to think what, what he did to them until they found the one body, where did they find the other two? Cause one of them was in the car and the car was kind of buried. Cause I saw two. Some pictures. Oh, two, the the mom and the exchange student were burned beyond recognition. They only could figure it out with dental records but it was the rental car that they had rented. So obviously when he confessed, they knew it was them, but um, they were- Her daughter was somewhere else. It was her daughter and he had sent uh, a map to authorities. But this is the part also that is so sad and telling that what led him to this, right? We, We kind of, we don't always get to know why, how did this person become this person? Well, this is shocking. And I don't know if you know this part. So he was born in um, August on August 13th, 1971 in Merced, California, which is again, right out there in that same area. When he was 11, his brother, Stephen Stainer, who is seven, was kidnapped by child molester Kenneth Parnell in 1972. So this is significant because he later goes on to say that he felt like he should have been with his brother um, at that time. And his brother goes, what? what? He, if he was, what year was that? Cause he was one when he, his brother went missing. No, he was 11. Oh, 11. He was 11. His brother was seven. Okay. And this was 1972. Steven, his brother was held captive for seven years until he escaped. And Carrie um, felt neglected by his parents after Stephen disappeared and even said that he thought that he should have been there with his brother the day that it happened. When Stephen um, actually returned, that was also a big deal because what happened was um, Parnell, the child molester and kidnapper, actually tried to get another boy and he ended up getting a five-year-old. And Stephen was like, no way is, am I going to oh let God, this happen? I know this story. I did not know that they related to the guy in Yosemite. Yes. 
Yes. So he didn't want the same thing to happen to this little boy. He didn't. So he freeze both of them. He didn't. So, so he I did not know those two were related. Yes. This was this was made into a crime book. It was made yeah, into I a no TV idea, movie. Both of those stories. Yes. He put the little boy on his back. And while um while uh, Parnell was actually at work, he put the boy on his back and ran for their lives. And he came back home. And he, there was all this media attention. He was, you know, revered as a hero. He'd saved this boy. He'd saved himself. And there was tons of media. They end up making a book, um, a TV movie. And the TV movie is, I know my first name is Steven. And I, that all rings bells to me. Um, but nine years later, so, so basically Carrie, his brother, does not deal well with all this attention around his brother either. And I think he's got survival's guilt, survivor's guilt. And like, you know, he's got a lot of issues surrounded with Stephen's disappearance too. And only nine years later, so in 1989, Stephen would die in a motorcycle accident. Did you know that part? I didn't. I didn't know that part either. And then the following year, 1990, Carrie's uncle Jess, whom he was living with at the time, was murdered. So... And then Carrie also says that he claimed his uncle molested him while his brother was abducted as well. Now, I don't know if that's the same uncle Jess that he, that died or that's a different uncle. I'm assuming it's a different uncle. Cause I don't think you'd be all, you know, living with the guy and all bent out that, you know, he was murdered if so, but that, that I couldn't find that information. Um, and Carrie also admitted to trying to commit suicide in 1991 um, he was arrested in 1997 for possession of marijuana and meth, and these charges were eventually dropped. But clearly, he just really struggled after his brother disappeared and then even came back. He just never got the mental help. Um, during his trial for these murders, he pleaded guilty by reason of insanity, and his lawyers claimed that he was sexually abused, that he had mental illness, that he had OCD mild autism and paraphilia, which means abnormal sexual fantasies, um, which I would say probably all of those things are true of him. Um, I don't know that that makes him insane. Um, he definitely knew what he was doing because he planned it. It wasn't like he just got into a fit of rage and didn't know. So yeah, that was a story. And, and I didn't know those two were tied either, but I'd heard of the other story um, but didn't know that about the Yosemite story. So yeah, that's the whole thing. Isn't that crazy? Related. That's really crazy. And the part of me that like, I get when people are insane, are they saying that they don't know their actions because anybody, I don't feel like you can murder somebody and be sane. Yeah. Like I might yeah. be insane and still know what I'm doing. Right. Like, right. is that not what they are considering insane? I think that the insanity plea has to be that they're not, they, they don't, don't understand the difference between right and wrong. And he clearly did. Um, I, or, or is it just that you have this drive and you can't control yourself to me could be. Your, no, I don't think that's, I, don't think I mean, that, like, I don't think it's the right legal. Wrong. Yeah. I don't think it's a legal definition. Murder somebody. I don't know. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. So yeah, that's the Yosemite murder story, which I'm glad I didn't know that. Cause I was like, you know, in the middle of nowhere in an RV, <laughs> 
near well, the Cedar well, Lodge. Camping freaks me out because there, I mean, I, I could go in and tell you a bunch of other stories of people who have been murdered in their tents. Like, yeah, don't, don't tell me. You just don't know. Yes. Next to you are totally insane or are they a stainer or are they a whatever. Yeah. Or they're going to have mental illness that all of a sudden they snap and they think you're, you know, yeah, a bear or a zombie, a zombie. God Anything. forbid. Anything. Yeah. So that's my, that's my story about Yosemite and Ugh. Ah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. But I do have to say, every time like I cook chicken in a still... <laughs> I think of Jeffrey Dahmer. Really? Did he cook people oh, he in a skillet? Cooked and well, he cooked and ate them. Oh, so, gross! Which then also reminds me of Hannibal Lecter. Yes, he was that's like disgusting. cooking that guy's brain, and then I'm like, um, so then I'm like, I don't really want to eat meat <laughs> anymore. But no. I honestly think that we probably taste more like pig <laughs> pork. Don't you? We're probably no, I've never thought of this. We're probably I have not like chicken. Never thought of what we tasted like as humans. I, mean, I, I yeah. never thought of that, Leslie. <laughs> I think I'm probably really fatty and salty. Uh, I think I would need a lot of teriyaki sauce on. There's no way I would ever things. eat a person. Like, no. I joked, did you ever see the movie Alive where they're in the airplane yes. and crash? Yes. I'm like, they would be able to eat for like weeks off of my <laughs> Go right ahead. Eat it all. Like, oh, gross. That's gross. Disgusting. Oh, my gosh. <laughs>